1: All Things in the Name of Love, Episode 27, Personal Responsibility and Truly Integrative Medicine with Dr. Eric Zielinski, who is the author of the national bestseller, The Healing Power of Essential Oils. Dr. Z has pioneered natural living and biblical health education since 2003. Trained as an aromatherapist, public health researcher, and chiropractor, Dr. Z started NaturallivingFamily.com in 2014 with his wife, Sabrina Ann, to help people learn how to safely and effectively use natural remedies such as essential oils. Now visited by more than 6 million natural health seekers every year, NaturalFamilyLiving.com has rapidly become the number one online source for biblical health and non-branded essential oils education. Thank you so much for being with me, Dr. Z. Well thanks for having me. It's so yeah, excited I, I, I had this really fascinating conversation yesterday with someone about essential oils, and I wanted to bring this in as a start. She talked about uh, King Solomon's temple and how he had twelve different essential oils burning. And that created a 13th because of the combinations and she said, imagine how in tune he was with his spirituality by burning these oils all the time. And I never really considered it. Mm. And I thought that would be a great kickoff point to talk about the power of essential oils and how they're all the way through the Bible. And for some reason, until you and Sabrina started doing this, it wasn't really well acknowledged. Yeah. You know, Elise, well, let me say
2: this. Uh, It's it, it's been a wonderful journey to see how aromatherapy has become relatively famous at this point. And, you know, I don't even want to say aromatherapy. Essential oils have become famous. Aromatherapy is still fringe in, in its own right. And aromatherapists are still kind of like, we don't know what to do with them. So, yeah, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, essential oils right now are famous. But aromatherapy is still relatively misunderstood. And aromatherapists are still by and large, trying to find their way in their, I don't know what to say, just their place in, in, in healthcare today. And that's the interesting thing, because when people think of essential oils, they don't necessarily think of aromatherapy. and that's And that's odd for a number of different reasons, because the big multi-level marketing companies don't really use the word aromatherapy, I think, on purpose because they're trying to separate themselves from the aromatherapy industry as a whole. And so you have this, it's really weird, this very disjointed industry. And at the end of the day, it's really kind of funny, but it's shocking. And when I was doing research for my first book, it really, it really threw me through a loop, like out of all the essential oils manufactured in the world, like there are a ton, only a little sliver is used by the aromatherapist and used by people like you and I using essential oils. Most essential oils are used by the food and flavor industry. Most essential oils are used by industrial cleaning and and textile and building materials. Like we don't even think of it in those terms. So what we're trying to do, my wife and I, essentially get back to nature and get back to really more God's word about how we should approach our health. And we're convinced that medicine is here as a gift, but medicine should never be used as the first approach to anything that's not an emergency. And that's that's a paradigm shift that really has been a 50-year 50 50-year 50 phenomenon. Where 60, 70, 80 years ago, people would never consider going to the medical doctor for 99% of the things that they go to now. Now if someone gets an itch, they get a scratch, they get a sprain, they get a headache, they're running to the urgent care. That never used to be the case because, you know, there weren't as many doctors back then and people were still a little concerned about doctors. Doctors weren't as sophisticated. People didn't have the money. There wasn't insurance. So now that medicine has really trumped a lot of common sense for a lot of people, medicine has become primary care prevention. It's become everything. We're just trying to scale back a little bit. And once people realize that you can manage most things yourself, that really puts more of a power in your hand, empowers people literally, financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I really think that that's God's will.
1: I, I have to agree with you completely because I've, I've been tuning into, I, I took a vow of peace four years ago, and as a result of divesting myself of violence, I've tuned in much more deeply to my internal sense of self. And so I'm pretty much plant-based now, and I haven't seen a doctor in about three years because I don't need to. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're bringing your knowledge to help people heal some pretty tremendous physical ailments like cancer, for example. And how, how did you just come upon this journey of, of finding all this out and, and then feeling called to share it? That uh, I'll
2: tell you, it wasn't on my five years before. I mean, that was for sure. I, I, I invested five and a half years and $300,000 to become a chiropractor. Believe it or not, that's how much it costs someone of my age with children because I maxed out student loans because I have a family of five at the time. Now I have a family of six. So I took a research track at school. I fell in love with research and I thought I was going to be a clinician. I really like, you know, that was my goal. My wife and I. We decided to quit my cushy corporate job in Michigan and move down to Georgia to open up a health center that we wanted to help people, like lay hands on people, pray for people, adjust people, teach them nutrition, have home birth and homeschool groups at our clinic. Like we thought it was going to be an epicenter of health and healing for our home, hometown. Well, lo and behold, you know, God had a different plan. So we, we went down to Georgia, started studying, fell in love with research. I really did. And, and I started diving into just more of what evidence-based medicine truly mm-hmm. was. And I started to develop a writing business, a, a medical writing business. Mm-hmm. And one of my clients commissioned me to write a series of public health reports while I was in school, by the way, on essential oils. And that opened up my mind. That opened my eyes to a number of different things about just the therapeutic efficacy of essential oils in a way where I never understood them because my wife has been using essential oils for years, but it was mm-hmm. just something my wife. You know, and I kind of jest, but <laughs> seriously speaking, like I'm not going to go playing beach volleyball with my guy friends smelling like the like They're going to take my guy card <laughs> away. You just don't do that <laughs> as a dude. And, and my own healing story was based from prayer, meditation. I mean, God healed me of addiction. I was addicted to narcotics, alcohol, smoking. I was depressed, suicidal thoughts. Like, I was a wreck. And while, wow. and wow, you know, when I had my spiritual epiphany and when I was 23 years old, my journey was immediate. I'm I'm, going to say this, my, my, I experienced the healing power of God immediately in those areas, but there are other areas of my life, like gut health, acne, pain, like physical pain throughout my body. I had to work out Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a Bible verse that says you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's kind of what happened to me. Like I, I really had to just wrestle with myself and my own lifestyle and why I was in the mess that I was in. And over the course of six, seven years, systematically, through nutrition, meditation, prayer, supplements, pretty much healed myself of everything. but essential oils weren't part of that they just weren't mm-hmm. i just wasn't exposed literally wasn't exposed to them, never even knew mm-hmm. knew what they were beside, oh yeah, smelly stuff, like my wife just <laughs> make herself smell good, and I liked how she smelled, and that was great for me so anyway again, yeah, this wasn't part of my my five ten year vision plan so When, lo and behold, when I was doing research for that one project for my one client, it dawned on me, wow, the information out there is just really bad. I mean, just bias. It's almost Mm. impossible. And this is a judgment that I'm still waiting for someone to correct me on. It's virtually impossible to go online to find any unbiased information about essential oils, predominantly because... 99.9% 99.9% of all the information you see on social media, on blogs and websites that have to do with the therapeutic efficacy of essential oils have been written by a distributor of a company or the company itself or someone just promoting a company. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? That is financial bias 101. And that is nothing, uh-huh. let me say this, that's financial bias, but that's public health one one. And as a public health researcher, I'm like, why don't why don't I put some stuff out there? That's not biased because I'm not selling essential oils. I'm not going to promote a brand. Like we need a quote, voice of reason. Someone to say, look, I'm neutral, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a practicing aromatherapist. I'm not a distributor. I'm not, you know, a healthcare practitioner using essential oils and trying to make money on the side, which by the way, isn't a bad thing. Right. But that's not where you get your health advice from. Mm -hmm. Don't go to Pinterest to get your health advice, number one. You for <laughs> sure don't get your health advice from someone trying to say, hey, sign up for the starter kit. Right. And these people, oh, it's hard to say, but they're practicing medicine without a license. You can't recommend the therapeutic use of an essential oil mm. for a disease and sell it. That's illegal. It literally is illegal. Oh. That's That's FDA 101 stuff. And so that's where it all started. And I'm like, okay. I, let's try. And so I, I came up with this crazy idea to host a telesummit, an online event. This was uh, four and a half years ago, now almost five years. And we were just going to keep it non-branded and invite several people, bloggers, distributors, researchers, scientists, healthcare professionals, everyone to talk about oils without mentioning brands, no brand specific names, you know, like there uh-huh. are people who didn't use on guard, you young living people who didn't use thieves, you eating gardens, people who didn't use guardian, we didn't use any of these words. It's right. just immunity plan or let's talk about clothes. Let's just keep it simple. And yeah. 165,000 people attended that event. Wow. And what happened from that event though, was kind of shocking. There were over 4,500 comments. I remember cause I read them all. I really did. It was a lot. I remember I worked 120 hours that Oh. And it was wonderful though. It was, it was, it was a life changing event for me. And, and the, pre- Dominant response and request from people was, they're like, Dr. Z, you want me to teach us. And I was just the interviewer. Like, I never claimed to be a wow. central oil expert. Didn't go to a therapy school. Just a mm-hmm. chiropractic researcher guy who was like, hey, let's just interview some people. And it kind of became a big deal for me. And it became a big deal for my, my family and my business. Model. Yeah. Well, I was like, okay. But for me to do this, I need to be trained. Because as a clinical researcher, there's a huge disconnect with what I see in the mm-hmm. research, but what someone does actually day to day. And so that's when I yeah. went through home therapy school. And I studied under Silla Shepard Hanger who runs the Atlantic Institute of Home Therapy. And so I, I, I got the basics down. And then I really realized that most of the information, I'm wow. just, just poor information. A lot of it is just internet myths, you know, don't dilute, dilute, dilutions, How to, you know, oral dosages, contraindications, people don't think about. No, especially, you know,
1: what, what I've, what I found is, you know, each of these oils has properties and, and you need to honor those (laughs) because they're powerful. Yeah. And they have a
2: therapeutic efficacy that has been, I mean, there are proven, and this is really important for people that are taking drugs. There are proven drug interactions with essential oils they're that potent they're they're more potent than any supplement that you could buy i mean really at the end of the day no dried herb no extract can have the potency i mean essential oils are one step below a pharmaceutical when it comes to wow and so the potential for a drug interaction is great yeah so the potential for harm is great but the potential for therapeutic efficacy is great as well so Mm -hmm. you just got to learn how to do it and so From there, you know, came a book, came a masterclass that more than a half a million people have watched. And so it's just kind of evolved into this, you know, now we're writing our third book. And, you know, uh, Global Streaming Service just just interviewed us for a major documentary that's coming out in a couple of months. and, And all this fun stuff. And it's just been a wonderful journey. But at the end of the day, I've learned something. I've learned, like you said, there's a healthy fear. You know, like the Bible, again, we, we, you mentioned the Book of Solomon, but you know, the Old Testament uses this phrase, fear of God. There's, that, that really means reverence when you look at the old Hebrew language. It doesn't mean fear, like, oh, right. no, no, no. It means reverence. It means there has to be a somewhat holy fear. And I feel we need to have a reverence for natural therapies. We need to have a reverence and a holy fear for medicine. You just don't go to the pharmacy to get an over-the-counter sleep aid. And take a handful of pills without looking at the instructions first.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You have to have somewhat of a fear, a healthy fear, that you could hurt yourself and a reverence to say, this is going to change my physiology. Let's, let's give this a little more thought. The problem yeah. in natural medicine, people don't think that way. Like, Do you realize your probiotics, your food, your supplements change your chemistry and to a next level, essential oils? Mm-hmm. So take a minute. And, and let's look at that with that holy reverence, realizing that your body can completely trans, be transformed yeah. if you do it the right way.
1: Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a research geek myself, and anytime I, I hear about a supplement, I go on pretty much a rabbit hole level of research to find out if this is something that's, that's going to help my body because I take it that seriously. It's not yes. like I'm going to take this. Oh, I'll just throw this in. And as a contrast, my mom has uh, osteoarthritis and I went to see a heart specialist because we were going to get our hip replaced. That didn't happen. And he said, well, I want to put some sort of heart monitor on you to test, to just see your levels of something for pain management or something. It was a strange thing. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very disturbed by it. And I said, What about turmeric? And he was from India. And he said, What about it?
2: (laughs) it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wait uh, a minute. Have
1: you completely neglected your entire history because you've become a Western doctor? And why? Yes. It was just so fascinating to me because turmeric is one of the most powerful pain management yeah. things you can take. And he was just looking at me like, honey, don't, don't, don't denigrate me. I have a PhD in history. I've spent as much time in college as you have. <laughs> <laughs> just a different, Just you know, I've studied different things, but, but that doesn't mean I'm any less intelligent than you. And, and it was just, he, he got mad at me.
2: Yes. Yes, it's, we need to create awareness. And, 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 you know, you mentioned cancer, and I don't want to, we can go, I mean, there's so much of different things to talk about. I don't want to hijack this call away from essential oils. Well, there's a lot of essential oil aspect to this, but we have a project coming out that we are just announcing, like literally now, today, what's today, today, September 18th, right? 18th. The Hope for Breast Cancer, it's a documentary, and people can check out the trailer at hopeforbreastcancer.com, and what it was, and how essential oils come into play was, what we did was we filmed this one woman's journey, a mother young mother who's just recently diagnosed it was now two and a half years ago with stage two breast cancer and we documented her journey through integrative cancer treatments and part of that was essential oils and and oh. the waxing and the waning and what's going on and and how things work and then don't work and and the story is literally her story, and oh it unfolded God. and it's still unfolding but the but the thing about it is, you mentioned the awareness. The reason why we did this project was to let people know there are things you could do. There are alternatives and we're on, we're on the heels, not the heels, but we're on the front end here. Like two weeks, we're going to be, everyone's wearing pink. Every NFL football player is going to have pink yeah. shoes, pink ribbons everywhere. Everyone's going to be racing for the cure. I'm telling mm. you something though, things aren't changing. No. We could race till we're blue in the face. Unless we start looking at the cause and realize there is no cure. This uh-huh. is really important. There is no standard cure for anything. Chemotherapy, radiation, antibiotics is one size fits all approach to everything uh-huh. is not working. So uh-huh. that's where we need to step back, and as a patient, as a caregiver, demand that your oncologist, your doctor, your natural healthcare provider works with you to customize a protocol for you. That's why when someone asks me what essential oils do I use for cancer, I always say, I don't know. No one knows. You have to find what works for you. Like a doctor practices medicine. We got to practice natural therapies, practice essential oils. It's got to be a little hit or miss. It's got to be got a trial and error. And also there's an element of intuition. There's an element of like, okay, what else is going on in your life? Right? And everyone, and this is what's changed. This is what's changed with the advent of the antibiotic in the 1940s. Before the antibiotic was invented, people used essential oils like medicine. We're talking frontline medicines in World War I, World War II were essential mm. oils. Like, can you imagine fighting overseas and your medic had clove, lemongrass, lavender in, oh. in his kit? Yeah, that's how they used to fight infection. But it's oh. messy. It's smelly. It's not immediate. And like right. the world, the medical world came out with this white, shiny pill and says, hey, we've got your solution here. Look how clean this is. Look how simple this is. It's a pill. It does the same thing that those essential oils do. That's why essential oils kind of just fall off the radar in the 40s. And then aromatherapist Whoa. picked it back up and thank God for multi-level marketing. Because quite frankly, if Gary Young didn't do what he did, and this is not a sales pitch for young living, but let's give credit where credit's due. If Gary mm-hmm. Young didn't do what he did 20-some years ago and got essential oils into the churches, we wouldn't be talking today. And that's mm. directly from the mouth of my mentor and instructor, Scylla, because she told me she's been doing this for 40 years. She goes, aromatherapy oh. was always French. It was always looked as devil oil by the church. And I can testify to that. Oh. And it wasn't wow. until Gary Young, especially as a Latter-day Saint, got into the Mormon church, it opened up the doors. Now every pastor's wife or now, you know, not everyone got pastor's wife <laughs> all over the world and country, you know, <laughs> doing home parties. Because there is such a strong Christian influence in, in America, right? And yeah. of, I mean, statistically speaking, one third of the world identifies themselves as Christian, whether Catholic or a different denomination. There's a, that's mm. a lot of people. And yeah. so things have changed. Things have shifted. And we're kind of going back full circle. So what we're trying to do is we're just trying to create awareness that options exist. And bottom mm. line is this, y'all. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to anything. But I do believe. And that's what the point of this documentary is, that, that you can beat cancer God's way. You can beat autoimmunity God's way. You can beat whatever God's way. And I say that it has to be through prayer meditation. Ask God, God, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. I'm different than the person across from me. What's my specific protocol? And, and what mm-hmm. we see through tracking this lady's story, this woman, Angela, was that, well, that was her thing through prayer. Through talking, through countless hours of research and working with doctors, finding what worked for her, and it—it it it's, its a very unique experience that, quite frankly, you can't replicate for anybody else. So, if someone right, goes because... to this and be like, "Hey, pneumonia, autoimmunity, cancer, diabetes, what's my solution?" That will change your life forever.
1: Mm-hmm. It sure will, and I think one of the, that—the biggest part of that—is bringing awareness to yourself and taking responsibility for yourself, because my journey is completely different than yours. But I've found because I care about myself through meditation and through prayer and through my daily tuning into my, my higher self, what is good for me. But that requires taking responsibility for yourself. The onus is on us. Yeah. Cause nobody can.
2: My health isn't my wife's job, my doctor's job, my government's job. It's my job. Mm -hmm. I mean, really? I know. I mean, it's not, I mean, for people that really, and this is the other thing too, when you speak to faith-based folks, I mean, you got, you, you reap what you sow. Your body, I believe. I mean, really, we'll look down our body. Our physical body is the only thing that we really own. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that we were given. The only thing that we had when we were born—it's temple—and it's the last thing that's going to be there. Yeah. It's the last thing that we're going to have when we die. Yep. It's—it's it's it. Everything can be stripped, mm-hmm. right? We have to. And the wonderful thing is, quite frankly, there's such a level of empowerment that comes with that mm-hmm. revelation. Oh yeah. Where now, it it bleeds into every aspect of life. Now your spiritual health—the onus is on you. Your mental health, the onus is on you, your emotional health, your financial health, your job life, your social health. Everything's on you now mm-hmm. in a good way. Because right. you have the power to make or break any aspect of life.
1: Which is such a shift because I. I, I grew up in a Protestant church and in Connecticut, and I never got that personal responsibility. I got the divine, I got the connection to God, to source, whatever you want to call it. I got that, but I didn't know how I could connect with that and how that was integral to me being the full expression of who I am. Quite frankly, that's
2: been the demise of religion. That's the difference between true spirituality and Christ and religion, because religion, the onus is on the religion. The onus is on the, the institution. The onus is on the people. Right. You know, it, where you have that personal walk with God, mm. you realize it's just you and him. It's, just, it's, 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 it's very intimate. It's very real. Yeah. And so why are we talking about this with essential oils? I mean, it, it's a very practical thing that people can do. It's a very simple thing that people can do. Like headaches, nausea, backache, kid issues, pet issues, don't know what issues. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you could do and and that's why I love it. And that's why I wrote my book, the healing power of essential oils to give people hundreds of recipes. I'm like, okay, come on, let's go with the research says. And and not only that, but it's like, you know, a lot of things people don't recognize is in the control of their own hands. Mm -hmm. And there's a shift again. I want, I just want to leave people with this, this thought there's a shift. And for me, it's a very, and I go, obviously I'm like the essential oils guy. I talk a lot about them. But for me, it's, it's a holistic lifestyle. Yeah. And, and the shift is it has to be, we have to look at every aspect of life because if you're going to have a fast food lifestyle and use essential oils, I mean, it's almost like don't waste your time Yeah, because it's taking one step forward and two, three steps back. Mm-hmm. That's why we loved documenting Angela's story because she changed everything. I mean, she hasn't had refined sugar in like two years. Who can boast that? Well, when you're given a death sentence yeah. like cancer, you're going to make some changes. Mm-hmm. But why don't we start making those changes before we get to the death sentence, right? right? So that's what I'm all about right now. Like, okay, let's start looking at nutrition and exercise and mind-body techniques. Let's start looking at natural therapies to treat diseases and illnesses that really, for all intents and purposes, you don't really need a lot of drugs for it. Mm -hmm. Let's start looking at this stuff holistically and your body, your life, everything. It's a wonderful journey, y'all. And and the one thing we get all the time is, well, how so overwhelming Mm -hmm. daunting, where do I start? We get that. Like we understand that. Yeah. It's baby steps. It really is baby steps, piece by piece by piece. learning. It's like going back to kindergarten, learning how to share, learning your numbers. You can't know algebra until you learn how to count. And Mm -hmm. so that's our goal. And that's our vision and ministry is to teach people how the basics, so that then, then they can expound on their own.
1: And that's why we're aligned, because my, my take is like, how do I divest people of violence? Because that's, that's, a, that's a part of your, your, your inner peace. You know, when you're not consumed with the fear, mm-hmm. and you can just be quiet in yourself. I mean, that's, that's led me onto a journey of being plant-based, I have a fellowship with the UN to help sustainability in Portland. I, like everything in my life has shifted because I took this one step. And had I thought about it four years ago, I would have been like, uh-uh. <laughs> I like my beef. I like my coffee. I like my sugar. I like everything. And that's all gone. But it had to start with a step. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's been, I'm here, it's, uh, I'm I'm listening, you know, I'm so passionate about this. I love it.
1: So I thank you so much for the work you do in this world.
2: I love it. What else you got? We want to talk about, we got so much, so much we could share. So it's essential oils. Hey, shameless plug, go to hopeforbreastcancer.com, reserve receipt for our global screening for breastcancer.com and you'll see angela's journey because being going plant-based was a big part of her journey because you know what hey this is interesting i think you'll find this interesting a 45 minute discussion with her oncologist turned out to be like four and a half hours and they went back and forth back and forth and after a couple rounds of chemo she started getting so thin and the doctor's like just eat literally eat whatever whatever you want right And she's like, no way. She started challenging. She started arguing. She started debating. And that, by the way, you have that right. Wow. You have that right. And you need to fight for your children. You need to fight for your own health. You just don't. You know, there's a Mm -hmm. wonderful Bible verse that says test all things and hold fast to what's true. Just even what I'm saying right now, I'm fallible. I'm a human. Not everything that comes out of my mouth is 100% true. Not because I'm lying, just because I'm human and I make mistakes. And my perceptions reality sometimes, right? And sometimes my perceptions false. But still, that's why I try to go to evidence. But evidence can be skewed. Right. Again, test all things. And, mm-hmm. and she was testing. And then they got into a debate. She really provoked them, she said, straight from the documentary. Yeah. And ultimately what happened when the doctor said this, the doctor conceded and said, you know, we know plant-based is best. But who could can- do so hard so we're just we so all we want to do is make just give people license to eat because we just want to make sure they back on like that is modern oncology right so in in someone who's plant-based i I know that you'd appreciate that because the recognize from a professional from an oncologist that yes plant-based is best but yeah but what so at the end of the day we know there is no pure better diet mm-hmm. if it's done well organic not gmo and that's at least oh
1: yeah i mean like i'm the, the the wheat was hard but i don't like having gmo i don't want to hurt my body and yeah it's, i've always been fascinated by the premise that if you wear a white coat you know everything <laughs> i've joked mm-hmm. that i should get one <laughs> Yeah, my
2: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, that's how, I mean, it all goes back to Aristotle. It goes back to Socrates. It goes back to the philosophers of the day and even PhDs and doctors in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like, think about why do you call yourself a doctor? doctor, you know, JD, a jurist doctor, a doctor of chiropractic, a doctor of English, a doctor. Of, yeah. I mean, there's an element where there's a hierarchy and, and we really major on their name. And and hey, like, at I me, mean, I'm Dr. Z. And that's kind of fun though. I, I don't actually ever like to be called Dr. Zelinsky. I'm no, man, I mean, call me Eric or call me Dr. Z. It's it's yeah. I want to be more fun, more familiar, more casual. And and folks, you know, at the end of the day, I believe that most medical doctors, all of them for the for the mm-hmm. most part, have a pure heart and want to help people. But along the lines of going through school, they are not trained. We mm-hmm. you know this for certain. They're not trained in nutrition. And unless they go through any sort of continuing education or advanced training, be able to help you with supplements Mm -hmm. or essential oils. They just don't know. Medical doctors are experts at emergency procedures, surgeries, pharmaceutical interventions, and the like. Anything Mm else, don't go to them. I mean, so with that said, though, I'll leave you with something really profound. You don't go to your medical doctor for prevention. They don't know prevention. Prevention for a medical doctor is a diagnostic exam. So now, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm preventing cancer. I'm going to go get a mammogram. Where did that come to be prevention? That's detection, which, by the way, has extreme risks. And so.
1: Oh, I, I have to share a story. I went to um, I had my annual mammogram a couple of years ago and they f- they found a density in me. And so they just put me on a table and drilled into yeah. me. And put a piece of, plut- of uh, platinum in me because they wanted to make sure that I didn't have any cancerous cells. I was like, that's torture. Yeah. I didn't ask you for that. I was terrified. Yeah. And it was, and they treated it. It was like, oh, well, of course we're going to do this. Come back next year. I'm like, I'm never seeing you again. Yeah.
2: And it's scary because there are alternatives. How about that? Let me just say there are alternatives. Yeah. Like thermography. And in the story, the Hope for Breast Breast Cancer story, Angela tells us that right at the time that she had a mammogram, I mean, she had a mammogram immediately. It was like she went to the doctor. She had a lump. It was immediate. Like, your mind spinning. They diagnosed her with cancer and, like, go. Go get a mammogram. And and you don't have a time to think. I mean, you don't have a time. What should have happened was the doctor says, okay, go home. We'll talk in a week or two. You need to regroup. You need to think about this and we you know it wasn't like that it was like boom do this now wow. and what happened was this it was an encapsulated tumor it was essentially protected it was it was contained mm-hmm. but after the mammogram everything started to spread wow. that's what happens when you compress that's the risk of mammography she had proof of that because her thermography actually showed it was very much contained um there was a lot some inflammation but three months later it exploded wow and and, and so, you know, Angela attributes this to the, to the mammogram, but see now people are like race for the cure, mm-hmm. get your mammogram, let's prevent this. No, that's not how you prevent cancer, no. number one. Prevention is lifestyle changes. Prevention is looking at your risk factors and then stopping that. Like people don't recognize the risk of sugar. They don't recognize the risk of excessive alcohol use. They don't recognize the risk of, you name it, like you mentioned, GMOs and not you know, pesticides and all the things that cause toxicity. Uh-huh. And so that's real prevention. You don't go to a doctor, like a prostate exam isn't prevention. That's diagnostic. Uh-huh. And so what, we, what we're trying to do is just create more awareness. Like there are ways you can naturally prevent disease. And then when something happens, here's the key. This is the take-home message of everything that we do. Don't forsake natural therapies, regardless of what you do. Uh-huh. You can you do keep. You could take that thyroid med, you could do whatever you want to do, but don't disregard the importance of making sure you use natural therapies along the way, Mm -hmm. because that will help your body recover. Yeah. And so we see the story of this beautiful young woman who, if it weren't for the natural therapies that she took for all intents and purposes, we don't know where she'd be right now, but she's healthy and vibrant. And there's some wonderful things that happened to her because of that. And her doctor's like, look, if she didn't do what she did. She went through this like a champ mm. I mean, compared to everyone else that just food and they just did whatever they wanted to do, their body just couldn't recover. Yeah. From. So that's just it, folks. It, this is not life as a whole. The medicine is not an all or nothing approach. Mm-hmm. It's not either chemo or essential oils. Why not both? Right. And that's called integrative medicine. Integrative medicine is taking the best of both worlds and working with a qualified professional to make sure that you do what you need to do. And sometimes surgery is a good idea. I mean, I gotta say, if you got a lump and if it bothers you, get it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like getting a mole removed or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you failed. And the concern I have in natural health space, some people feel like they're failures because, oh, I took an aspirin, I had a headache today. That's kind of where we're at. Like we have a social pressure where in my little space, if anyone sees anyone taking anything pharmaceutical, they're like traitor. You fail natural. Your supplement didn't work. Your oil didn't work. You know what I mean? It's like, there is that pressure and and it's like, let's take off that pressure. Yeah. Let's realize that we got to do what we got to do. And there's a lot of wisdom to be said about taking a well-balanced approach to everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you people listening right now that are all natural. They're gonna be like, that's heresy. (laughs) Okay. We'll see what you do when you get diagnosed with cancer. We'll see what you do when you're on your deathbed. We'll see what you do when you have a heart attack. you going to tell the doctor not to resuscitate or I don't know. I mean, where do you draw the line? Right. And that's why we're just trying to bring a common sense because here's the problem. The, the natural and the medical world are polar opposites right mm-hmm. now. We have to combine them. That's the bottom line. You've got to combine the East and the West in America because they are directly in. You know, When you go to Asia, they don't have this discussion. Right, they, they they recognize this wisdom eons ago mm-hmm. that it, it's it's very much traditional balance with the new science, but you cannot forsake the traditional that our ancestors have used since the beginning of time. Right, stayed well. So that's it, and so we—that's one reason why we love essential oils. This is one of those things that you could do. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on oh, the show. So been, I didn't know what exactly we were going to talk about. This I, is kind of fun.
1: I don't because <laughs> as I, I was telling one of my friends recently, I said, do you have any set questions? I said, no, it's intuitive. Yeah. Like I, I listen to the conversation and I intuitively hear what the next question is and I just go with it. And that's thats my joy of doing this is I always have these amazing discussions and i never know where they're going. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate your time. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. The action item of the week is to tune in and find out if there's any place you're not showing up for yourself. Ask yourself why. Then gently start nudging yourself towards a more empowered place. That's it for the week. Until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can
0: you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go and let it flow.